Well, welcome everybody to this episode of Try Catch. Um, we have some special guests here today. We have Carrie Bednars, Janine Sagan, and Gabby Colson, and myself, Ashley Beeman. And we are here today to talk about our experience at the Agile Alliance conference that we attended in Nashville, Tennessee in July. Conference is really just um, an opportunity for Agilists to get together and dis- discuss best practices. Um, maybe some new things going on in the various industries that are represented there. And it's just really an opportunity for people to get together and discuss even maybe some challenges that they're having and how it can be solved using agile practices. Um, a good way to learn from your peers. It's also um, a great conference that's based upon roles. So there are opportunities or tracks for people that are maybe scrum masters or product owners, product managers, as well as leaders and um, developers. So I Anybody who's really making up the scrum teams has an opportunity to learn at this conference. So um, what, you know, I took away from the conference was a lot of it was about um, just leading with empathy. So really getting to understand your customers, uh, whether that be internal or external, and just ways of um, making sure you're really well connected to what it is that people need from you so that you can build the appropriate products for them. So that's just a little bit of the background. Um, I think we want to talk about some of the logistics of the conference and just how you navigate it and things like that. So um, Carrie, I'm going to ask you, (laughs) how did you prepare before going to the conference? Yeah, so I thought this conference had a really great website that we can view a lot of the topics beforehand. So they had their agenda out there. It was a full five-day conference with multiple, multiple different tracks. So something for everyone there. And uh, as a BA group, we kind of met to just see what was on that agenda and what we each thought was interesting. Maybe we could divide and conquer in some areas. Maybe there were some that a lot of us wanted to go to. So we definitely collaborated on that beforehand. And yeah, I don't know if there's anything Gabby or Janine would add to that. Yeah, there were there were a lot of tracks, a lot to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a hard time deciding as to what I wanted to go to, but having that in front of you beforehand definitely helped. I think uh, some of the changes were that, you know, they were updating the site constantly. So new tracks were being added even after we were picking them. So staying closely connected to the website, seeing what's changing, and really preparing yourself to see what what you actually wanted to go to while you were there. Right. Yeah, and I feel like um, for me, I didn't necessarily prepare as much beforehand. I was kind of like, oh, I'll just show up and kind of know what sessions to go to. And I feel like that hindered me just a little bit because it was kind of overwhelming once you got there, right? Of that you didn't necessarily have a general idea of which sessions you wanted to go to. Um, But I think that also helped in a certain way because you're right, with them adding our last minute sessions, um, you could really get the most up-to-date choice of that. Um, And then I think too, it was really, oh, I heard somebody talking about this. I want to go to this one because I didn't plan anything else. So it was kind of nice to be able to just kind of go where sparked my interest the most, you know, that day to be able to go. Nice. All right. Um, 
So you talked about how you prepared to go, right? And then we also talked about, well, maybe it changed a little once you got there. Mm -hmm, Uh, How did you navigate that? And how did you decide, you know, what it is that you really wanted to attend? Um, What, what, you know, sparked your uh, interest in those sessions? Yeah, I, I chose mine based on my job role and what would benefit me. And I'd like, I, I chose things that I wanted to see what other people did different than I, I did in my job role. Like, um, I don't know, there was one on like, say, backlog refinement, for example, and just wanted to understand like how other people did it, how they managed, managed their stuff. So it was, a. Uh, that's how I kind of chose chose my my tracks. But also another tip was like not to pack your day right in like back to back to back. Yeah, it, you can. As Carrie alluded to, it was a five. It's a five day full conference, and you didn't want to like burn yourself out. Yeah, I thought that was really refreshing to hear. I think that was one of the first either the keynote or one of our first sessions. Somebody came right out and said, you know, yeah. don't go to every single block of mm-hmm you know, your whole day, make sure you're building in time to take breaks. So yeah, it was nice to hear that to kind of give yourself allowance to, to choose what was really impactful for Mm -hmm. you, but not to feel that you needed to go to every single block every single day. Mm -hmm. And then another thing I was really intentional about is I wanted to make sure I was going to things that I thought I could learn from or that I wanted to learn from. There were a lot of tracks there that were super interesting to me, but I felt like I already had a good like base level education of that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And so I wanted even though it would have been easy to go to those, mm-hmm. I wanted to go to others that I could gain more knowledge in. Yeah, definitely. I love the self-development tracks, you know, where you can pull something from and it kind of like you build yourself more, more as a person. Yeah. Yeah, I think when we were also preparing to go, you know, initially we were thinking like we needed to completely divide and conquer Mm -hmm. and like everybody needed to attend something different. And I think what we realized is like, no, you need to go to what speaks to you. And if that means that all of us are in the same session, so be it. Um, Because, you know, we're all going to walk out of there with different perspectives and an opportunity to start a conversation about how, you know, you might take what you learned and apply it here um, in our organization. So that's just something to keep in mind too, is that I don't think you necessarily have to allocate one person to a track. Um, it, It really should be focused on how you as an individual can, can grow within the organization and then spread that amongst everyone else. Yeah, I, and I think that was the coolest part too is when we all got together for um, like lunches and dinners and stuff to talk about what we learned. Because you're right, Ashley, we could have been all in the same one and we all took such vastly different um, things from it. To be able to sit down when we're eating and talk about, hey, I learned this or, hey, do you think we do this at our organization? Have I just been missing it all along, right? And all of that stuff. So um And that's almost where a lot of our value and like our action items from the conference came from is when we all got together and sat down and talked about it and then all kind of stirred up ideas um, of things that we can take back with us. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, You know, you talked about us getting together. Uh, 
I know that that was a favorite part of mine for <laughs> this uh, trip or for this conference. Uh, what did you guys like best about the conference? I'm going to have to second that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my favorite part was actually spending time with you guys and getting to know you guys better and, you know, and also getting like the other work things too, right? Like, how does your team do this? You know, what do you, what did you take from this? Even, mm-hmm. even if we sat all on the same track, like, you know, like you said, we, we all view things differently and, you know, I love bouncing ideas off of everybody and, you know, getting their thoughts and stuff like that. So, but getting to know you guys was the best part of the trip for me is spending time and getting to know you all on a different level. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think it just strengthens our relationships and in turn is just going to make us better, um, equipped to work with each other in the future on different, different projects, different products, uh, things like that. And then Janine, we actually also talked about how this was great strengthening relationships as BAs, but this could could be a really valuable conference for BAs and product managers to attend together and strengthen those relationships as well. And you're all, all hearing a more consistent message as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. And as I transition into the PO role, I, I feel that this would be really valuable to really get to know the Scrum Master BA role, be really fully connected and on the same page, and uh, yeah, just make the team stronger. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, just think of like how powerful it could be if a product owner and a BA went together mm-hmm. and just you know, really jived on some of the messaging there that you could bring back and try with your team and see how it sticks. And yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Agreed. Awesome. All right. So, you know, also as a a prelude to this next question, um, you know, of what could potentially happen if we had those partnerships going, um, what did you bring back to Farm Credit? What did you learn at the conference that maybe you've implemented here or have started maybe having some conversations about anything you can think of? I can think of a couple of different things. So I know that we've got our work group going to, commu- to create a community of practice mm-hmm. for the Scrum Master persona. I know that's not entirely new at Farm Credit. There's already some groups doing COPs here today. Uh, so just bringing that concept for the Scrum Master persona, since it does affect multiple roles, it's not just BAs here that's fulfilling that. It's some um, other roles as well um, or other groups. Um, and then also, I think at the seed session that we presented on, Ashley, one thing that I've brought or that I'm continuing to work on is the concept of the product squad. So there is a seed session on that. So I won't dive too deeply into that. But that is something that I'm pretty passionate about is is creating a product squad. It's essentially, is just bringing together your product group, uh, your technology group, and UX all on the same page much earlier in the process versus a a handoff on projects prior to PI planning. Great. I like it. I think that would be very helpful. Yeah. Very, very helpful. Well, I, I mean, other outside of the self development and what we can do for our teams. I mean, I, I felt that uh, I went to a session where it's like, are you doing agile wrong? You know, and what I took away from that was that I don't think we're doing it wrong. I think we're doing it in a way that works for us and that that's not necessarily wrong. Um, so, I mean, I think it, there's a lot of great ideas out there. There's many ways to do one thing. And, you know, as long as you're, you're 
going along with the process and, and being able to be agile, I don't think we're doing it wrong per se, but so I just took it back where the sessions that I went to is that everybody has a certain way of doing things, but it's not necessarily wrong. So, you know, yeah, I think that was a big takeaway for me too, is that coming from very traditional agile organizations, you know, you get in your own head like that, what this is, we have to do it this way. It's, but what I learned during the conference is like, like you said, you make it your own, you know, agile is a framework and there is some, you know, things that you want to follow closely, but that doesn't mean that you have to do everything a specific way. And so I did really appreciate that. And just the reminder, like if it works for you and your organization and it doesn't like fit the perfect agile mold, so what, you know, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. To kind of build off of that, I took away like it's okay to challenge things too. Mm -hmm. Like if you feel like they're not working, challenge it and be okay with saying, Oh, I don't know if that would, um, if that's really helping us, you know, or yeah, just because, you know, standard agile practices say this is how we should do it. Be able to say like, well, I found out that another company actually does it this way. Or, um, the presenter that we had actually works with this company and they suggest doing it this way. Have we tried that? So I think it was, yeah, comfortable being able to, to say that doesn't work for us, you know, and be able to say, well, this actually, um, was a hindrance to us based on how we do work or things like that. I know, especially from coming from like the business intelligence side of the house, um, it's kind of hard because agile works just slightly differently with that versus like application development and stuff. So it was kind of cool to be able to see companies and speakers even say, yeah, this didn't work for us. So we tried this, you know, some great ideas. And then just also like empowering you to be able to set up your team for success, however you need to do it. All right. Anything else that really stuck out for you at the conference, whether it be, you know, personal relationships or any of the content, just anything else that you guys wanted to add? I'll just echo something that was brought up earlier. Uh, So the content was super valuable. I think of all of the tracks we went to, there was only one or two that I didn't find super valuable, but everything else was. But the most impactful to me was building our relationships, um, coming back and, and still continuing the conversations mm-hmm. and learning from each other. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else that you guys are, can think of that you want to address or talk about? Um, I think one thing that we also were going to mention too, of just with the, um, you know, if you go to a conference don't be afraid to take a break, right? Your brain needs a break. You need a break. You know, a couple of us, I think for some of our afternoon sessions where we didn't feel super led, we went back to our hotel, took a nap, right? (laughs) Refreshed our brain to come back for kind of the longer afternoon sessions. Um, But one of the things to call out too is if, you know, you go into a session and you find that it's not quite serving you or it's not quite what you thought, it's okay to leave, you know? It's okay to say, you know, this was great. Just not what I needed, not what I wanted. You know, I can spend my time either hitting another session or again, taking a break and stuff like that. So I think when, whenever conference you go to, like you are there as a customer, you know, kind of as pain. And so if it's not quite serving you, it's okay to switch things up or try something different. Yeah. I know for me too, um, 
you know, we had just talked about, like, if you tried to go to everything, it was just overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. And and take that time to go back and maybe digest the information that you've had that day. Write it down, put it in your notes. I know that that was helpful to me was, like, taking maybe a break from um, a session and going back and writing up my notes and putting my pictures in there so that I had it to refer to later. Yeah. Um, that was super helpful for me. Yeah. And that way I, we can- I wish I had done that differently. I took all my notes and then came back home to to put them together and I wish I had done them in real time. Mm-hmm. So I think um if I were to do this again, I would definitely do all my notes in real time, maybe even bring my computer. This this last time I, I brought my computer, but I didn't bring it with me to the sessions. And I think I'd do that differently instead of taking handwritten notes and just yeah. just put them straight in like real time. Yeah, I agree. All right. And something else I want to, which I didn't do and which I wish I had done was take advantage of like between the sessions and even during the other things, they had specific uh, areas where you could talk to like the professionals the the agilist professionals and you know get advice and um stuff like that i think they had uh lean coffee sessions Mm -hmm. in the morning uh prior to any of the breakouts or you know go and sit with some other folks um they had a lot of that and i didn't take part in any of that i wish i had this last time maybe as part of our preparation is you know you could brainstorm what are maybe some problems that you'd like to solve or what are some questions you'd like to get answered so that you could take that time to meet with those experts and get those answered. You're right. I I don't think I took advantage of that either. And it didn't really occur to me to like come in with Mm -hmm. questions. It was kind of more of like open-ended, Ooh, what am I, what am I going to learn? I'm excited right? versus like being more intentional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think something we also talked about previously was if you have the opportunity to go, go. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially if you can do it with other people, because that was such a highlight for us. And what you had talked about earlier, Gabby, is having different perspectives in the same session is so true. Like we had come back from a session that a multiple of us, multiple people had had attended and had such different perspectives. Yeah. Um, So that can happen too. And it's great to learn from each other. Definitely. So I mentioned that a, a main theme of the conference was empathy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the Kelsey Hightower, who was the keynote speaker, gave a really good example of, um, you know, using empathy to relate to your customers. Uh, I just wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were here at Farm Credit. I know we have some great ways of reaching out. Um, what do you see going on that's working really well? And Janine, as you're transitioning to your new role, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. <laughs> uh, how, how do you think, uh, you know, using empathy to relate to your customers will be helpful to you? How do you envision yourself like oh. doing that? What are your thoughts? No, I agree. Empathy with the customers is going to be very important and key. I mean, we're dealing with, uh, you know, we're working with farmers and ranchers and, and some, and they come in all different age ranges. So we really have to empathize with the elderly ones who are not as tech savvy versus the, the younger, 
you know, the young and beginning that are more tech savvy, but you have to meet somewhere in the middle or have a little bit of both or all. So yeah, having empathy definitely helps and it'll, um, yeah, I'll get a good taste of that in my new role as, you know, being involved with AgriPoint and mobile and our customer experience and how that unfolds in our new uh, digital portal experience. Great. Yeah. And I think we, you know, can always use the reminder too that it doesn't always have to be with our external customers, right? There was a lot, I attended a lot of the agile coaching Mm -hmm. sessions Mm because that's what kind of spoke to me. Um, And a lot of it was empathizing with your teammates, right? And um, also not assuming that you know everything going into it and going back to our traditional agile, right? Right. Well, this works here, so it's got to work at farm credit too. Well, that's not necessarily true. So making sure you take time to really get the full story and really understand who you're working with and what the history is and all of that um, was a good reminder to me Mm -hmm. to take a step back and really get the full context before you start trying to go and like implement something new that might not fit. Yeah. Yeah. Farm credit has an array of applications that are internal facing and external facing. So yeah, having that empathy, even within your own customers here at, at, at work. Um, yeah, you have to think about them too. Mm-hmm. I think as well, um, to build off of that, Ashley, with like empathy with your teammates, I think it's super important, especially because there are a lot of us that are newer Right. A lot of us that are sub five, three years have been here at the company. Um, And so to be able to learn from those that have been around the block a couple of times here at Farm Credit is super important. Um, So it almost goes both ways, right? Like empathy to those that have been here and their knowledge and, you know, they've tried it before. So you know, should we try it again? Should we not? But then on the other side of empathy, I know for me, I've just been here 18 months. So empathy of, if I ask a lot of questions, <laughs> you know, about it and just trying to learn and trying to understand, um, just being okay with that too. I think our demographic has kind of changed in, in some of those employees. So it's, you know, important to when you hit a team or, you know, you're talking to someone else to just be able to understand that too. For sure. Were there any other themes from the conference that really stood out to you? Yeah, I think for me, Ashley, you kind of mentioned this too, of like the empathy. And I think um, there was a lot of um, onus and a lot of sessions put on personal growth and how, you know, your agile can be super great. But if you're not kind of growing yourself personally, um, even with like coaching and stuff like that, like it's going to be hard to, to make agile work necessarily. If you're not, you know, listening a lot, if you're not, you know, helping to coach, if you're not having empathy and things like that. So I think that was really cool too, to be able to see the conference take the, yes, there are agile principles that we should learn about, but there's also, yeah, the personal growth aspect that we need to also like look at Mm -hmm. to be able to say, you know, um, you can make agile at any company work, but your employees are what make it work. So being able to see that, which was cool. So Gabby, you mentioned, um, maybe some tips and tricks for, you know, navigating the conference and making sure that you're getting the most out of it. Right. And that it's really effective. What, what are some of those? What's maybe like a, a checklist of items that people 
can write down. Sure. Yeah. I think um, one thing that we all, um, I think, found helpful was, you know, when we were doing those kind of round around the table, around the dinner table, you know, kind of conversations was actually writing down those action items um, and being able to come back to it you know, after we've returned and got back to our teams and stuff like that. And I know that we kind of scheduled a, um, a follow-up lunch to even not just, you know, see what everyone's doing in their life, but also to review, um, kind of the, the takeaway checklist of, Hey, remember we said that this would be really cool to incorporate, like, you know, what, what are our plans for that? I know for one of them, um, Carrie, I have down the scrum master COP, Right. So like hearing you say, oh, yeah, I took that away and we're starting something um, was just really cool to see. I know I'm reviewing this now and it's been what, four months? Two and a half. Really? July, (laughs) July. October, November. We were just talking about that on the way up. We were like, it feels like feels like eight months ago. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like reviewing my takeaway list and I'm like, oh, wow, I said that this would be really cool. And you know what? Like I should really dedicate some time to do that because I think it would be super helpful. Um, so like we have like metrics and dashboards and things like that. So, um, one of the things Ashley to answer like tips and tricks, I think would be to just start a list Mm -hmm. and being okay to just kind of brain dump it to that list and then come back to it when you have capacity, you know, you don't have to change the world in a day based off of a session that you heard, you know, but it's good to, to take notes, to write it down, to come back to it. Um, and I think too, um, one of the things, um, and actually I don't know if you want to speak to this, but with the sessions recorded to be able to review those. Yeah. Yeah. That was a nice thing that Agile Alliance has offered is that, um, they did record a lot of the sessions and they also posted a lot of the presentations Mm -hmm. so that I know, like I was furiously taking pictures during (laughs) sessions to try and like remember the slides. And then someone was like, Hey, they're going to post that. And that was great. So, um, being able to go back and look at it and, and have it trigger your memory, um, was really helpful for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm super excited about the, the COP as well. And I think that we can take some of those action items that we had and probably start, you know, the conversation within that, that COP of, yeah. of how we can move the needle on That's some great. of those. So yeah. we can create a backlog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. Everybody loves backlogs. Mm-hmm. And I will refine it. <laughs> yes. Agile inception. (laughs) And also, Ashley, when you were talking about going back and looking at the sessions that were recorded or looking at the PowerPoints, uh, that was super valuable. But also, if there were multiple... multiple sessions at the same time that you wanted to go to and could only right. go to one. Right. That's a great tool that you can go back and now see the other session that you weren't able to attend. Right. For sure. Yeah. 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 There were a lot of things I think that agile Alliance did really well to provide like before and after. I know one thing that I um, started using more during the session was the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, it's just the app, you know, and things like that, but downloading it and it telling you a, a whole lot of information and having a whole lot of valuable things. So just also like go, you know, going to a conference, making sure you're utilizing kind of everything that they offer in terms of Janine, like you said, like the sessions beforehand or even like an app or watching the videos afterwards. Um, you know, it's a lot more post COVID, um, Mm -hmm. conferences are adding a lot more options to be able to come back to things. So, yeah. 
that was helpful to just have your whole schedule right there. So. Oh, yeah, right in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I went back, I would take a more agile approach to it in the sense of like I'd go in with a pseudo plan, but mm-hmm. being flexible to change that plan as That's well. That's great. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to be a lot more prepared the next time. Mm-hmm. I think. Very good. All right. Well, is there anything else? What did you love about Nashville? Ah, the country music, hands down. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And Carrie, what was Um, your favorite? uh, Well, the accommodations were really nice. Yeah. I really liked that they had so many dining choices at our hotel. So it was really easy to coordinate like a dinner with the rest of your Mm -hmm. group. Um, Right. Not a whole lot of planning. And a lot of cool areas to just sit in, some general areas. Carrie and I, one day, it was like at the end of a sprint, so we got together and and did our metrics. We were furiously putting together our metrics. (laughs) (laughs) Mid-conference. Yes. (laughs) Mid-conference. But, you know, we had a nice view of the water, a water fountain, maybe some boats. I'm not quite sure where we're (laughs) at, but it definitely, there were some, like, great areas. Yeah, the accommodations were great. Hopefully Orlando will be the same. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Well, any other closing thoughts on the conference? I think we all agree, like, it's absolutely a wonderful opportunity for anyone living in the agile world. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, with us being a safe organization, I think it still lends very well to the work that we're doing here. Right. There were some sessions specifically on scaling agile, um, and it was actually um, sponsored by Scaled Agile, too. So definitely makes sense, I think, for where we're at um, here at Farm Credit that, anybody who's living in that world would be able to gather or gain some sort of knowledge from the experience. Right. So. Spontaneous bonus track. Do we think of safe? Um, I appreciate safe and the, um, the boundaries that it provides. Again, I think similar to agile, like it's a framework. And so Mm -hmm. we need to pick and choose what of that framework makes sense for us. Mm -hmm. I think that with large organizations like ours, it makes sense to have some way of scaling, right? Mm -hmm. We need a way for our teams to be able to get together and really understand all the dependencies and things like that, all the intersections that we have. Um, And so I think, the PI planning process and, and some of the, the guardrails that SAFE provides um, allows us to do that. I also like the prioritization effort of it. And I know that sometimes it can be <laughs> frustrating, right? That mm-hmm. everybody wants their project done and they right. want it done now and it's important to them and can 100% respect that. But I also think that Um, safe kind of helps provide that level headedness as far as what to prioritize and why Um, the why behind it is so important, you know, whether that's, it's going to be something to really help us internally or really help us grow our business externally. All of those things need to be discussed as to, as to, um, you know, what we really need to place our bets on. So I think the, the framework of safe, helps mm-hmm. us to make some hard decisions and also helps with the coordination between teams. No framework is perfect. Right? <laughs> All of it's going to come with its frustrations. Um, but I, I do appreciate the the value that it does bring. 
Yeah. For me personally, working as a scrum master for five years, it doesn't feel that much different from how I was practicing agile before. How I explain it to my friends that are still not working in a safe framework is that it kind of, you're planning every 12 weeks, right? So it feels good to have a beginning and an end um, versus my previous agile world where there was no break. It was just constant incoming projects over and over again. Um, again, there's a, a beginning and end to the projects, but it feels good to kind of have a breather and like reset your plan and come together. Right. I think that's something that we can improve on here. A great next step is how we communicate our dependencies, not only between not only between teams, but also between trains. Yeah, I don't think we're quite huge. there yet, um, but I hope that that's one of our next steps. Yeah. Absolutely. I think too, Ashley, to kind of build off yours of with like the prioritization things is that really takes the weight off the teams. Um, I know as a BA, you know, sometimes you end up prioritizing things or, you know, it's, it's the juggle of having to do that. And so I think safe allows our teams to do what they do best, which is the coding and the doing and the building. Um, And so I do appreciate that from safe of just kind of taking that weight off of a team's shoulders to try to figure out what's next. Um, it's kind of decided for us. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think one of the things, um, that I think we still need to figure out with, with safe is how to be agile in that framework. I mean, <laughs> I know that's kind of weird to say because it is scaled agile, but I think it's just so vastly different from where we used to be of, you know, being able to just slip something in and do something, um, right away if, if needed. Um, and I think we're kind of in a pendulum, right. Of kind of using that, not necessarily as an excuse, but just saying like, Oh, our 12 weeks are planned. We can't do anything else. Right. But being flexible within that to say, okay, you know, if we do this, we could, but let me tell you what you're going to be switching it out from. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, we're kind of swinging back the other way of, you know, trying to figure out how to be agile within that 12 weeks, right. Of it not being so structured. Um, but being able to say like, Oh yeah, we can fit that in. Just know that it's going to move some things around. So I think it lends itself to just a lot more communication, which is never a bad thing. Right. (laughs) I, I err on the side of too much communication is better, Mm -hmm. right. Than all of that. So I think that kind of is driving us to be better at communicating and having conversations, about, um, you know, switching things around where things are at. It's definitely, um, providing that aspect. Very good. Yeah. And I think as we evolve in our prioritization process as well, that will help with those conversations of, Hey, you know what, this new thing came in and turns out it's a really big priority. Right. Um, could be like a, a regulated something right that you need to focus (laughs) on. So, um, but having those those clear priorities laid out for us definitely yeah. helps enable that conversation of absolutely we can do this. Just understand like these other objectives right. are going to move out. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree, Ashley, that it's with the prioritization that you were discussing earlier. That was the first step is just introducing prioritization. Right. right? So <laughs> right. <laughs> now that we've got that under our belt, the next step would be like, how can we make that process a little quicker? Right. Um, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's super helpful to have, you know, full transparency of all the work that's going on. 
I think that that, um, you know, I was, I came on board after they've already started implementing safe, but, um, from what I hear, just getting that full picture of like, what are all the things we're working on and what are all the things we're trying to focus on is a great place to start. So you know how to kind of untangle that and and come to some or make some hard decisions of of what we need to continue to focus on and what may be needed to wait to open up capacity for people to, to build the things that we really need. That's great. Any other opinions on safe? Carrie came in right at the, at the implementation of like bringing in safe. So I, I went from a non-safe framework into the safe framework. So what I, what I really like about it is that it really put all the teams kind of like on the same cadence Mm -hmm. and kind of understand that the teams are doing almost the exact same ceremonies and the same, and the same things. I think that really helped like a BA, a BA role, understanding what the other, where the other teams are and understanding those, those type of things. So I, I really like it for the structure that it brought to FCS America because before it was not, every team was doing something a little different. And, you know, now it's like, it's easy. You can, you can go from team to team and understand the process that are going through versus, so what is your process? <laughs> Especially yeah. those groups that are working with multiple teams, right? So yeah. you've got like, for example, UX yes. that's working with multiple teams. Um, it's just going to be an easier flow for them to get their work done. And right. they know what to expect from every team. Yeah. Right. What I love about safe, and this goes back to agile too, though, is that, you know, traditionally we were very date driven, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the projects that are date driven, give us a deadline. We need to hit that deadline. And it, what wasn't ever really taken into account was what's the effort? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like what do our developers um, and our agile teams do? Like, what do they think? Right. And I think that the PI planning and capacity planning and, you know, the pointing of the stories and allowing the teams to take those stories and, put them into sprints, it really creates a more um, accurate picture of, you know, what are our predictions as far as getting things completed and really also focusing more on outcomes than outputs, right? Like what are our objectives and how are we delivering value to our customers? That is the most important that we can focus on versus like, a very specific date to hit. Yeah. Um, which I don't know about you guys, but I, I've been doing this a while and I have yet to see a, a date a hit on the, <laughs> on the dot, right? Like right. something always unexpected happens. Right. With right? everything that you committed day one done. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So yeah. I do like that part of um, safe is, is that re- it's really flipping it back on the people that do the work Yeah, yeah. to help us predict a, when we can deliver something of value to our customers. Yeah. And I think it's giving the common verbiage too of being able to say, this is the level of effort and ever everyone understanding what that effort is right through story pointings through, you know, capacity and then business value and things like that. So it's getting kind of the business on board too of, Oh, okay. This is what they mean by it's going to take 
three sprints or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Because we're using that common verbiage too. And them understanding like the work effort right. of what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I actually just had a conversation this morning when a PM was asking what uh, the level of effort for a certain initiative was. Right. And me being able to communicate that it was two to three sprints, he instantly knew, well, that's almost an entire PI. Okay, now right. I, now I need to understand the priority. I've got the level of effort estimate from the team. Now I can understand. It can help with some of those prioritization conversations. Yes. Yeah. And then going back, yeah, the conversations and the communication between everybody involved. Yeah. Definitely. So we've definitely um, mentioned a lot of things that we really appreciate about SAFE. So just to dig a little deeper, what are maybe some frustrations that you have with the scaled agile framework? I'm not sure if this is really credited to the SAFE framework so much as maybe our tool. So I love Azure DevOps. I've used it in other organizations. I know it really well. I love a lot of the features. Yeah. Something I haven't seen it done with scaled agile yet is how we're connecting our dependencies. So I can find our dependencies between teams, but it's not clear and you do need to dig a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is something that I would really love if we could find a solution to something like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's already built in that tool or not. Um, but something to think about. Yeah. I think, building off of that, I was actually Carrie going to mention because you mentioned um, like inner train dependencies, but yeah. then like cross train dependencies. I think um, especially those of us kind of in the data neighborhood, we support a lot of projects, right? So we have right a lot of small pieces in a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are struggling to figure out what's the best way to stay in communication with those doing like the application work and then us reporting off of that. Um, and being like involved without having to be constantly involved. So shout out to the RTEs for trying to figure this out Mm -hmm. because I think (laughs) we're still trying to figure it out. That's kind of a big frustration for us is, you know, things might change in the way that they develop it in the application, which is fine. You know, they change their solution and whatnot, but to get it then to like business intelligence it's a couple of weeks down the road and we could have been kind of prepping and mm-hmm. being more involved and, you know, then we have to kind of scramble at the end to be able to implement it for our business. So, um, so yeah, I think the dependencies is a big yeah, kind of hot button topic right now. And I will say that I'm a big proponent of having one feature for work that crosses multiple yeah. teams because otherwise if you're setting up different features for each team we lose the sight of right. those dependencies then. yeah so if it is the same work effort ideally i would like to see it in one feature so that you can see all of the work even if it crosses teams Definitely. trains what have you yeah i think what i i've heard this um statement before is that whether it's agile or scaled agile they don't create problems, they expose them. Yeah. Right? So like regardless <laughs> of point. what framework we're using, right. we need dependencies to be transparent and communicated again across right. the various teams and trains. And so I think that sometimes our frustrations coming out of SAFE are not safe. That's a great point, Ashley. <laughs> That's a great point. They are problems that SAFE has exposed. And now we're at least able to start having the conversations of yeah. how can we then address that going forward. Yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing us back. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I think, but, t- you know, some of the, I think what's hard for people to gr- get their minds around sometimes too is this idea of planning when you're in an agile environment right, right. like why am i planning five sprints out i want to be agile this fills waterfall yeah and i think part of the conversation like organizations have always wanted a roadmap right, right. and yep. so <laughs> what i think you know scaled agile again solves is that middle ground of like hey i don't have a necessarily a 3 year roadmap down to every single milestone right. for this product or project, right? right? But they're smaller. Yeah, they're smaller. They're more. Um, they're more accurate, right? Mm-hmm. When you have, you're not planning as long, and it also kind of bridges that gap of like, okay, I'm not going to give you a super long roadmap for this, but I'm going to give you some nuggets, yeah, right, so <laughs> that you can still focus on that customer value that you're delivering and, and allowing you know people to have some transparency of what's coming. Mm-hmm. So, but you are still going to get the comments of like, why are we planning this long? Yeah, it goes back to our your earlier comment, Gabby, of like. We also just really need to be really intentional with our messaging that like yeah. when we're coming out of PI planning, this these are our objectives that we have today. Right. This is what we know today. Yeah, that's great. And these are our predictions based upon our most, you know, up to date information that we have. Yeah. But those might change. Right. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And and we're agile. We are agile. So we can pivot that's great. as necessary. That's great. It's something I heard multiple times at the conference too. It was in regards to the product roadmap, having a product roadmap, but also being flexible to change that. So mm-hmm. as you are completing different features and learning more about your customer, how did that change your roadmap? Yeah. Being flexible to know that that's okay, that it, that it should be changing. It shouldn't be static. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because we know in technology, nothing's going to be the same for, you know, years to come. It's rapidly changing. And if, you know, you're not able to change with it, then eventually you're not going to be relevant. Yeah. I was going to say, if if you can't change, then you Mm -hmm. run into, yeah, being stale and yeah, not competitive. Mm -hmm. That's a wrap. It's a wrap. (laughs) Good job. Absolutely. Right. It was great to get to travel with you and um, also with Chris and Leanna and Aaron, who are not on the podcast today, but it was a wonderful group to go with. And I'm grateful for the experience, not only for the knowledge that I gained and the good reminders that um, I was reminded of as far as agile goes, but also really grateful for, again, those relationships that we were able to build with each other. So thank you all for going to that and being great partners. And thanks for coming and sharing your story on this podcast and thanks to everyone else out there for listening. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you.